Hey there, Eyes Free Sports fans. Kickstart your health and wellness journey with a twist. Introducing Couch to Active, where health and fitness for the blind and visually impaired community finally gets the fun treatment it deserves. Couch to Active offers personalized one-on-one coaching, exciting group classes on Zoom, and expert guidance in weight management. It's not just about getting fit, it's about having a blast while doing it. I've personally tried their classes and have thoroughly enjoyed them. Don't miss out on the fun. Join the Couch to Active community today and start your journey to a healthier and happier you. Learn more at couch2active.com. Couch, T-O, active.com. Or call 206-672-2070-206-672-2070. Couch to Active, where fitness and fun go hand in hand. Howdy, howdy, and welcome to episode 101 of the Eyes Free Sports Podcast. My name is Greg Lindbergh. Here on this episode, we are highlighting an organization that provides some really cool outdoor sports and rec opportunities for the blind and visually impaired. And they're also working with a major university on developing some really unique technology to help blind individuals interact with their outdoor environments and more easily participate in these outdoor sports opportunities. So let's go ahead and hit the trail now and get hiking with episode 101. Alright, so my guest here on this episode of Eyes Free Sports is Drew Blake. And Drew is the co-founder and president of Guiding Eyes Outdoors, uh, which is a super cool nonprofit uh, in North Carolina. Drew, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Definitely. Really appreciate you taking the time to chat here. Um, I know you and your your team are up to some super cool things that really benefit the blind and visually impaired, as well as a number of other groups and, and individuals. So really excited to get into it here. I'm excited to tell you about it. So, um, let's, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get started. Awesome. Sounds great. Uh, so why don't you just kind of start off things here, just kind of introduce yourself as far as your background, uh, both personally and professionally. Okay. Like you said, I'm Drew Blake, the president and co-founder of God and Eyes Outdoors. I grew up in the Piedmont of North Carolina. Went to North Carolina State University, graduated from there with a degree in environmental technology and management. And um, I work uh, for a local government here in that field and uh, have um, a wonderful wife and two boys, ages six and three. Oh, wow. Still pretty young. So it sounds like you're a busy dad, right? <laughs> yeah, they, uh, <laughs> they definitely keep me busy. That's for sure. I can imagine. Yep. So then in terms of uh, just kind of your experience with the blind community, I understand, was it family members that you had had at one time who were visually impaired? Yes, that's, that's correct. Um, I have two family members, uh, one cousin and a great uncle that were uh, or that are blind. Oh, wow. Wow. Do they have like the same genetic condition? Or? Um, no, they're they're. <laughs> Strangely enough, they're on two separate sides of the family. So that was uh, oh, okay. <laughs> that, that was just a coincidence, I guess. Wow, wow. And so I assume just kind of you know interacting with them and then having knowledge of them and maybe some of their challenges and 
uh, kind of inspired you to to start this nonprofit? Yeah, I've always, um, you know, I've always been the type of person to help people. And like, like a lot of people my age, my, my grandfather and his um, brothers, you know, are all veterans. And um, one of them was, was one of the blind um, individuals in the family. So, you know, just hearing stories growing up about, about how he was treated, things that happened to him in the past, it resonates with me. And then, you know, this opportunity came up and I jumped on it and, and took off with it. And here we are today. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. And then, uh, so the name, I'm definitely curious about the name Guiding Eyes Outdoors. How did you kind of come up with that name and then settle on that name? So it, it's kind of a, a twofold name. The reason that we, we came up with that name was because our, our main focus is trying to develop an outdoor mentoring program for the blind. And by doing that, we're, we're guiding them through the outdoors. And then those mentors are going to be the eyes for the blind people. So that's kind of the connection between guiding eyes outdoors. And um, our, our logo, which took a long time to create, is actually the shape of an eye with a compass where the, the pupil is to kind of tie back in the guiding eyes portion of it. Sure, sure. Wow, that's a really neat uh, concept for the logo, it sounds like. And then, uh, so when did you actually kind of officially launch or maybe kind of, you know, the soft launch and then versus the, the nonprofit status? Yeah. So, um, we, we did a soft launch kind of in the, the late winter of, of, um, 2021 and we received our, or we filled all our paperwork out to become a uh, corporation for the state of North Carolina in january of 2022 filed our paperwork for our um 501c3 application also in january of 2022 and we received both approvals uh within a week of each other so between january 2022 and then march 2022 we were building everything up for our first event Wow. Wow. That's awesome. So it kind of happened pretty quickly and you got the ball rolling downhill pretty fast. Yeah. We, um, you know, you hear stories of 501c3s taking months to get approved and it took us about three weeks, um, to, to receive our approval, get everything out the door and, you know, be, be formally guidinized outdoors. Wow. Wow. Nice. So I know that you do offer a variety of programs, activities, events. Uh, if you want to just kind of give us a broad overview of what you got going on. Yes. So um, we offer hunting, fishing, canoeing, um, kayaking, camping, basically anything that we can do outdoors um, for the blind community, community veterans, first responders, and Gold Star kids. Through that, we we make it a point to provide the independence and inspiration for, for for these individuals so through independence we offer primitive style events which doesn't really 
it doesn't really sound that enjoyable for for the blind and visually prepared community but a lot of organizations do what we do they just don't do it how we do it the the big thing is a lot of the people that come to our events, they tell us, okay, we, we went hunting with this organization, but they picked us up from the airport or, you know, they picked us up from our house, took us to the event location, and then stuck us in a hotel room by ourselves for a weekend. And the only interaction that you'd have with people are when they ring the bell to pick you up in the morning. And when they drop you off in the afternoon. So hmm. we, we didn't want to be that type of organization. We, we want to be a close knit family type of organization. And the, the best way that we could figure that out was to, to offer primitive style camps, camp camping in our wall, wall tents, um, by fires, things like that to where you have no option but to talk to people and it it really opens people up to a lot of different i'm, I'm struggling for the word here but it 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 offers everyone different opinions and different views on things because blind and visually impaired people yes you're blind but one blind person may have different things than another blind person and they may have different abilities. They may have different, you know, uh, agendas. So those two people talking back and forth can really inspire someone that may not know that they can do that. And, and that's what we're here is to push people to the limit of what they think they can't do. Yeah, that's awesome. And I can totally relate just, you know, being involved in in sports for the blind myself and activities and groups and whatnot. Uh, Just kind of that camaraderie. And like you said, being able to relate to to other individuals, maybe going through similar struggles or uh, just kind of those, like you say, kind of developing those those bonds and learning from each other. Right. Yeah. Like everything, people have different lifestyles. Um, for example, we have several people that were, I'm going to say, led a sheltered life, felt like they needed to be protected um, and put into a bubble. And then we have one um, 19-year-old kid who, who does everything. Um, he rides four-wheelers. He rides dirt bikes. He, he does anything that he wants to because his parents gave him that opportunity. Right. And, and we're here to, to tell the blind and visually impaired community that you can do that. You just need the opportunity to do it. And we're here to offer that. Absolutely. Yeah. And Hey, I'd love to interview that, that 19 year old. Sounds like he's got a great story himself. Okay. Yeah. I can definitely put that in the works for you. Cool. Cool. So then a little, a little bit more on the members that you do serve the individuals. Uh, so obviously blind and visually impaired. I know you mentioned uh, veterans as well, right? Yes. Given the nature of our, or of our goals with our mentoring program, you know, we'll, we'll take any veteran that can, that, that is mobile. And the, the goal between that is for that veteran or for that first responder to, to actually be able to, to take a blind and visually impaired person and take them outdoors and do what we do 
for them anytime that they want to. So like many non nonprofits, we we're limited in what we can offer people. Um, just funding wise, time wise, we, we want to do more, but we can't do this every weekend. Sure. Um, so the, the mentoring program is to, to give them more opportunities and, and we'll, I think we'll get into that later on, but it, it's a, it's a concept that that's really not out there yet. Um, that, that we're really excited about. Yeah, absolutely. I know you did mention uh, Gold Star Kids, and so those are kids of fallen uh, soldiers, right? Yes, sir. So um, we don't limit it to just Gold Star Kids. We, you know, we want kids that have lost their their family members in any line of duty, um, whether that's uh, yeah. police, paramedics, uh, firefighters, any any kid that has lost their parents um while serving our community and making our community better we we want to take them outdoors um what we found is that's a tough community to to get your foot in the door with um those those kids are i i'm going to say pretty highly protected um because they don't want those kids to be taken advantage of um, sure understandable it, it completely is but for for us trying to to get into that community has has really been difficult um so what we're the route that we're trying to go is to to go through bases get active duty military involved and then go that route to find those kids so it, it it's it's a process that's going to take a little while but we we hope to slowly earn the trust to to where we can offer our services to that um that community definitely yeah and obviously a population that could benefit you know in so many ways from these type of activities and you know like you said before mentorship opportunities and uh, certainly a lot of kids in need out there you know for for a number of reasons yeah definitely so then in terms of uh, where you actually have events so i know you're based in north carolina and is it just mainly around the state or do you actually go out of state as well? Right now, we we strictly stay in North Carolina um, when our funds allow or, or, you know, private funding allows. We do fly people into the state for our trips um, and for our events. But um, just just logistically, as young as we are and the the amount of people that we have involved with us, we we don't have the reach that we need to to go out out of state for that we we put our our people in touch with the people that can do these activities out of state and and organize that for them right right yeah so so as far as our our hunting um hunting events for for turkey um and deer those those events are offered at flat branch club uh, which is located between Raleigh and Fayetteville. And they give us the opportunity to go down there for turkey season and for deer season one time for a three-day hunt. Um, and hmm. we actually have our hunt coming up this weekend down there from October 20, 20th to the 22nd. Oh, nice. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, for, for that hunt, we'll have four blind people and four veterans 
first responders all attending the hunt. And, um, you know, we'll, the, the way that we run an event is everyone arrives. We have an initial campfire kind of meet and greet where our staff actually steps back and, and walks away and lets our attendees and our participants actually talk and mingle. And the, the whole time our, mm-hmm. our staff's back there taking notes, seeing who's connecting with each other and seeing, you know, what, what group is actually functional with each other and gets along. And then those are the, the people that we assign to, to hunt with each other the next day and for the rest of the weekend. I see. Wow. So you really do put a lot of effort into, you know, making sure people are kind of paired up and comfortable with each other. Yeah. The, the, what we found is the quickest way to make people unhappy and to, to ruin a trip or an event is to stick them with people that they don't like. <laughs> as as long as you You keep people comfortable they're going to enjoy it and they're going to have a good time absolutely yeah and then so as far as other locations around the the area there anything else you'd like to mention where you have different events and and trips and whatnot so um right now we're we're pretty much limited to flat branch and to public land options we're always looking for landowners to donate um either a, a portion of their land or their whole land um for a weekend for a couple weekends um and and we negotiate with them on on costs or donation costs and give them a, a tax deductible receipt but um for 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 hunting events um if a property owner says okay i'm going to give you a, a week hunt here we'll come in about two months ahead of time and start preparing our our locations preparing our bait sites things like that putting out trail cameras so that we can get an idea of the property and and how we can utilize it um and then from there you know we we come in and we we have a full service um event there we we have cave during services cooked over a campfire from uh, Sizzling Arrow, uh, which is another nonprofit, mm-hmm. and we we have everything that that anyone needs. Um, we have wall tents from the wall tent shop that are um, basically like your your elk camp tents um, or your your old Western style tents that were used during mine days and. Th- things like that for the gold rush. Um, those, those are the type of tents that we use. And um, it, it seems to be a, a huge crowd and a, a huge draw for people to, to get back to that style and, and you know, know that they can they get, go back to that and get away from the hustle and bustle of, of the towns and the cities. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a great point. And, I mean, do you kind of encourage people to – Maybe put their phone away, turn their phones off as well, just to kind of unplug. We don't necessarily encourage it, but it's it's kind of you know understood. Um, a lot of our places, right. if, if we do that backcountry primitive style event, you're not going to have cell phone cell phone service. We True. we may be linked through 
you know, handheld radios in case something happens or, you know, some other emergency response type of communication. Um, but it, it, you know, the likelihood of you having cell phone service isn't, isn't very good. Um, so it, it kind of naturally happens that way. Yeah, that's a good point. So then in terms of uh, equipment and kind of resources that you provide to, you know, specifically blind and visually impaired uh, participants, uh, just talk to me a little more about kind of what you offer on that, that front. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're, like I said in the beginning, we're a fairly new nonprofit. Most of our equipment is, is all private equipment from myself and from our, our other board members who have spent their time and their money making our equipment accessible for, for the blind and visually impaired. We have digital sites from Omega Sites that allows us to do our hunting activities that um, our board members, you know, graciously purchased and, and put on their own firearms. And it, um, it allows you know, that to happen. Our fishing events, um, we partner with the North Carolina Wildlife Resources Commission, who has a mobile fishing trailer and has all the fishing rods, tackle, bait, everything that you need to 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 enjoy a day of fishing they pull the trailer up we organize the event we have all the food all the logistics and everything and they provide the equipment for us wow um wow all of our you know lake events um or saltwater events are all hosted off of our private boats or are ran through a charter service which we pay through funding from our uh, from our donors, and the way that we do that is we'll run a fundraiser to to host an event. We'll get those funds, and then all of that money goes to that event. Anything that's left over gets transferred in and saved for the next event. I see, makes sense. And then in terms of like transportation, uh, I mean, do you have the, the ability to provide, you know, transportation to, to actually pick up uh, participants or I, I know you mentioned earlier, potentially even flying in, you know, someone from out of state? Yeah. So we'll, um, you know, we, we don't cover the, the flights into the state or the flights out, but once you land, all expenses are covered. Um, our Sure. Hunting and fishing license, we get exemptions from the NC Wildlife Commission um, that that basically waives all of those fees. We just have simple reports that we have to fill out after the event. And, and what we found is is transportation wise is kind of easy. Um, a lot of the transportation services around here that are public transportation on the weekends they offer services for nonprofits where they donate a bus or, or and a driver to actually drive around and pick up people for events um and bring them to you hmm. so wow that's uh that's been a huge help and for our fishing day that we offered not this summer but last summer we had one public transportation that left Chapel Hill, drove to Raleigh, 
picked up people in Raleigh and then drove to Burlington to drop them off at our event. And round trip, that was about an hour and a half one way that they did in the morning and then in the afternoon free of charge to us. And their bus and their personnel stayed at our event all day in case somebody needed to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, so finding partnerships like that has been, have been huge. Oh yeah. That really shows how much they, they care and want to help and support a cause like this. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And we, um, we greatly appreciate that support. <laughs> no doubt. Yep. Especially if people are kind of spread out around town or, you know, around different areas, I'm sure just kind of rounding up everyone can be a challenge. So that's, that's huge. Yep. So kind of diving a little more into the adaptations of, uh, you know, the specifically when it comes to hunting for the blind and visually impaired. Um, so I know that you have this, uh, accessible aiming project, I think it's called, uh, that you've been working on actually with, with Georgia tech, I believe. And I'm definitely curious just kind of how that got going and just kind of the details of, of how all that uh, works. Yeah. So, um, we've been partnered up with them for probably a year and a half now um trying to to make hunting more accessible to to the blind and visually impaired with our our ultimate goal being that uh a blind individual can step out of their vehicle navigate themselves to our ground blind that's in a set location sit down hunt shoot an animal turn around and walk back out to the vehicle without any assistance from, from anyone. And that that's a pretty lofty goal, which has all started to kind of fall in place. Um, our, our accessible aiming project is the first step of that, which was the biggest hurdle. And this this technology actually takes uh, targeting software and runs it through an algorithm that is full of pictures of deer and turkeys and, and you know, whatever animal we're, we're targeting for that event. It runs it through sure. those pictures and is constantly scanning the background um, through a camera that's mounted to the gun. And the, the way that it's set up right now is we actually mount a webcam to the front of the gun. That webcam is plugged into a computer that's ran through a website, and I can actually see what that webcam is showing. From there, hmm. it uses Bluetooth technology and either a series of sounds or voice commands to tell the, the shooter which way to move so if the target is up and right it's going to tell you okay you move up and right and then when you get on target it's going to tell you on target and then from there (laughs) from there the technology actually figures out the best shot location shot placement for the way that the animal is facing so it's going to get you to the exact point of where you need to shoot and tell you when to shoot. 
So we technically don't even need a guide sitting there with someone. And sure, sure. Um, for safety reasons, we've obviously put humans into that algorithm. But when the tar- when the software picks up the presence of a human in front of it, it shuts the site down to where you can't get any commands or anything. So you don't know what you're shooting at. Um, oh, I see. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. We we obviously don't want someone <laughs> mistaking a person for a deer. Um, right. So when when a person walks out in front of it, it actually shuts everything down and stops giving commands and everything like that. Hmm. Wow. Now it's like AI. Is that kind of part of this technology? Do you know? Or? Yes. Yeah. It's um. It's AI and then a targeting software that that uses um. It's, it's the three plane software that actually figures out the how to how to take a, an object, turn it into three D, and figure out which way it's facing and how it's angled. Um, it, it's way above my head. That's why Georgia Tech's involved, and they've done a, right. a great job with it to the point where we did a show with them this past weekend, and they said, "Okay." Um, take it and use live ammunition and show us how it works. So this weekend, if, if we can get everything mounted to the gun and get everything operational, we, we hope to use it to, to harvest our first animal with it. Sure. Sure. Wow. Definitely exciting and really anxious to hear kind of how that all unfolds and turns out. Yeah. The, um, the next step of it is to take that, that software, and put it into a digital site like we're using so that we don't have to take our laptops out there. Um, right. So that it, it actually gives those, those commands through earbuds that's coming straight from a, a digital scope. And then, you know, obviously relieves the cables and, and the, the computer that we've got to take out. Exactly. Yep. Wow. Definitely super cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, any other adaptations or any, you know, accessibility kind of things that you've worked through uh, to make, you know, these experiences, whether it's hunting or anything else that you offer, uh, accessible. Yeah. So, I mean, like that, we're working with Georgia tech on several things to actually use technology like the, the Apple air tags to navigate people through trails to, to our hunt locations mm. or, or actually walk them down hiking trails. And we're, we're developing a system for, for hiking and for kayaking or canoeing. And we're, we're still kind of in the concept phase of that, of, you know, whether to use receivers and transponders for having a lead, a lead hiker and then everyone else having signals off of each other that that use bluetooth headphones to tell them okay your person in front of you turned turn now right so that you you don't have to use a sight guide or or a cane out in the outdoors as long as you know where your trail is our system should be able to allow you to walk that trail unimpeded wow wow it is amazing what these air tags can do i mean both for positive reasons and negative reasons. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. In this case, it's, yeah. Wow. Wouldn't have even put two and two together to, to come up with that. So 
kudos on that idea as well. <laughs> yeah, thanks. It's um, <laughs> that one's still, you know, probably a couple years away. We're we're trying to to break ground on the accessible aiming project and then build from there. Right, right. I did want to give you a chance to mention uh, just as far as your team, your volunteers, any shout outs specifically that you'd like to to give to your team. Yeah, we're um, but like I said, you know, we're we're a new organization, so we're we're fairly small on our team um, side of it. We have myself being president. Um, our vice president and fundraising director is um, Michael Fazell. Um, and then our program director is Jim Edgel, and, and our field event coordinator is James Kaiser. Um, all of them, the the way that we're kind of structured is, or we're located. I'm in the central portion of the state, uh, and those those three guys are in the western portion of the state. Um, so I'm, I'm between Durham and the Virginia line. James is around the Winston-Salem area. Mike is down in the Charlotte area. And then Jim is up in Boone, um, up in the mountain, mountain area. So it kind of spreads us out, but it gives us the, the opportunity to, to offer our services across a large majority of the state pretty easily and opens us up to more local events that we can go to and even more publicity and promotion and exposure than what we would have if all of us were in one little community. Exactly. Yeah. Just definitely more coverage. It sounds like, and probably a little more flexibility, you know, kind of having people in different locations. Yeah, it, it is. Um, we're, we're spread out, which, which works out great for us. Um, and the, the commitment that those guys have to, to be able to come from, for example, Jim is four and a half, five hours away from most of our events. And, and he comes to every single event that, um, that we have. So, that's a huge commitment from him. Oh yeah. That's a long hike to travel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. That's awesome though. So in terms of any stories of participants, specifically blind, visually impaired individuals that maybe you've kind of witnessed, um, just kind of how this, this organization, their involvement in this organization has benefited them or perhaps changed their outlook. Anything you want to mention on that front? Yeah. So, um, the the way that we do our events is again a, a hands off approach. We we kind of stand back and and let our blind visually impaired um, participants kind of learn their own environment rather than us forcing them to learn it by walking them around and distracting them with a lot of directions and okay here's your bedroom here's your bathroom this kind of type of stuff the best way that we've found is to to actually let them either take their cane or use their hands and walk around and touch everything and figure out where it is on their own while they're doing that you know our staff is you know close enough where we can get to them in case they're going to fall over an end table or over a coffee table or something like that but still 
giving them the freedom of learning their environment and learning what they need to do to adjust to it. And right. that's the way that we run every event as a, as a hands-off approach to where, you know, you do what you want to, but we're going to keep an eye on you to make sure you don't hurt yourself. But if, if you fall down you fall down, that's, it's the nature of being outdoors. Um, even fully sighted people trip over things and fall. So it, it, that's the way that we run our events. And Brendan, the, the kid that I was talking about earlier, he's, he's the perfect example of how we, how we run things. Because when he got out of the car, the very first time we met him, he, he'd never talked to us on the phone. He'd never even remotely made contact with us other than through Facebook. And I reached out to him. I said, um, you know, I, I want to take you on a turkey hunt. He said, well, okay. He said, um, when do you want to go? I said, here's the weekend that we're going. Have your parents meet me down there and drop you off. He got out of the car and it was like we we had known each other our entire lives. Um, he found his way around everything. He, it, it, I mean, it, it was it, it was. I, I hate to say it like this, but it was an eye opening experience for me. How easily he was a, able to adjust to things, and it um, walking to our our blind that morning. You know, he he'd never been turkey hunting never heard of turkey we sat down in the blind and i think we heard 12 or 14 turkeys gobble around us that morning and he 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 looked at me and he said what what was that i said that was turkeys i said get ready um because we're we're surrounded by turkeys and 30 minutes later Three Jakes stepped out into a cutover, probably about two or three hundred yards away from us. I called to them one time, and they came running to us. And wow, he um, in about thirty forty five seconds, those turkeys were three hundred yards, and then they were thirty yards. Mm-hmm. And I, he he was sitting next to me. I said, "Okay, they're." 300 yards, they're running to us. I said, they're 100 yards. They're 75 yards. They're 50 yards. Shoot. And it was just like that. Um, and him him being able to adapt to that quickness or that that um, speed of the situation was was unbelievable because I, I don't think that I could have done all of that, um, repositioned myself, shouldered the firearm and then trusted someone to put me on target for it all in the matter of less than a minute. Oh yeah. And like you said, just having no experience whatsoever in this, uh, in, on, in his case, just amazing. Yeah. And then, um, made a perfect shot on it. Um, we were actually, the story was featured in the North Carolina, um, sportsman magazine. Oh, wow. So they, they wrote an, uh, a brief article about that, but it's picture in the magazine and then um we we get back to our clubhouse and he looks at me and he says okay what's next i said i said what what do you mean what's next he said what where are we doing next 
I said, well, let's, let's think about this. You'll come to our deer hunt in the fall. And, um, it was June or July. We went to the North Carolina outdoor, uh, living show. And we met, um, a couple of people there had a couple of radio interviews, um, met Chris Douglas with Carolina, uh, all out TV show, and then walked around mm-hmm. the corner and found H and H guide service, which specializes in tundra swans and harvesting tundra swans in Eastern North Carolina. And I'm walking with Brendan and I walk up there to him and Brendan said this, you know, I want to go after a swan. I'm like, um, I don't know how this is going to work out, but you know, we'll, we'll give you a shot at it. Um, right. so it's a, it's a permitted draw hunt. You, you got to pay for a permit. There's a thousand permits issued throughout the state and we were selected for it. Um, so that that hunt will be coming up this fall, early next winter, um, depending on when we can get that done. It will be featured through H and H God Service and aired on Carolina All Out, which is a regional outdoor show. So he's he's looking forward to that, and you know, obviously, we'll see what we can do with him on that one. Oh yeah, that's that's awesome! Wow, what a great story. It sounds like, you know, like you said, he's kind of the, you know, I hate to use the word poster child of, you know, this type of organization and these activities, obviously in a, in a positive way though, uh, that others can kind of look up to and say, Hey, you know, this kid has no fear. Uh, so why should I, (laughs) you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's, that's the way to, you know, we, I, I hate to say it this way, but that's the way that we try to use him as, you know, if Brendan can do it, anyone can. Um, exactly. You, you just yep. gotta, you just gotta have the drive and the, the opportunity, which we're giving you the opportunity. You just need to produce your own drive to do it. Right. Right. Very well said. Okay. So then before we wrap up here, I uh, just wanted to give you a chance to mention the contact info. If anyone out there is interested in getting in touch, learning more about Guiding Eyes Outdoors, how can they do it? Yeah. So, um, our, our primary point of contact is through our website. Um, it's guidingeyesoutdoors.org. Um, then we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, all of those are also guiding eyes outdoors, um, hashtags and, and all of that stuff also apply for, for guiding eyes outdoors. So we, we, we try to keep it simple, um, in finding us. <laughs> yep. Yep. Cool. And I'll definitely include links to all that info in the show notes as well. So everyone has that info for this episode. Okay. Yeah, we we definitely appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. Alrighty. Again, our guest on this episode has been Drew Blake uh, from Guiding Eyes Outdoors. And Drew, just wanted to thank you so much for your time and not only your time, but just everything that you're doing with this organization and providing some really unique opportunities uh, for the blind and visually impaired community. Yes, sir. Um, thank you for having me. And, you know, if, if anyone is out there that, that, is in North Carolina or wants to come to North Carolina to, to do the activities that we've discussed tonight, you know, please reach out to us. We're, we're, we'll gladly give you the opportunity to. Excellent. Alrighty. Sounds great. Thanks again. Thank you. 
To hear more episodes of the Eyes Free Sports podcast and to subscribe, search for Eyes Free Sports on your favorite podcast platform or visit eyesfreesports.com. Be sure to follow the Eyes Free Sports podcast at facebook.com slash eyesfreesports and on Twitter at eyesfreesports.